So let's look up Mark chapter 7 and we'll get someone to read. Someone will volunteer to read the first four verses in chapter 7 of Mark. You notice a parallel passage in Matthew 15. If you want to study the two, it's a little interesting to compare them. But it's very much the same. One of the characteristics of, or one of the facts about the Mark's book is what? Kingdom of God is here. Okay. Suffering servant. Well, what's characteristic of Mark, though, oh, that is? Brevity. Brevity, yes. And yet, for some reason, on both of my the sections that I led you on, Mark is longer than the other Gospels. And this is true again today. His is a little bit more detailed. Why do you think that might be? Who is he writing to? He's writing to the Italians. And what do they know about Jewish traditions? So Mark takes lots of words here to explain what he's talking about. Very interesting. So anybody wish to read this for us? We got it. One through four. The Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered around him when they had come from Jerusalem and had seen that some of his disciples were eating their bread with impure hands, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands, thus observing the traditions of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves. And there are many other things which they have received in order to observe, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and copper pots. So if you're following along there, you see that three and four are in parentheses. This is just for help for us Gentiles who don't know anything about these traditions. So the point here is that there's a lot of things that Jews do. Do we, are we, do we know anything that they do even to this day? Are we familiar with Jewishness, too bad Joe isn't here, but she probably didn't observe them either from what she said. But um, they have traditions. They have a lot of things. If you ever watched the movie Fiddler on the Roof, my all-time favorite movie, um, you know, they have a lot of traditions. There's even a song, and I won't bother you with that one, but I'm so tempted. Um, yeah, so that one, that one too. So anyway, that's what this—that's what this is centered around, as we will see. What else? Yeah. What other observations do we have in these four verses? If you look at them, let's start at the very. What's the first thing you, that you might notice in this section? Pharisees came in group. They were in a group, and they were 
cohorts with whom? Scribes. scribes. What are scribes? Come on, this word shows up throughout the New <laughs> the Gospels. The scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes, the Pharisees. The scribes were writing the scrolls for the synagogue. They were the copyists. They're the ones that maintain our scriptures for us through all those centuries. They, and so as a result of them copying and recopying and recopying, what, what does that make them? Experts in the law. That's right. They knew that these guys, between the Pharisees and the scribes, they had the book of Moses, books of Moses memorized. And they knew the details. So that's what they're, well, we need to see what else is going on here then. So uh, so let's read, let's see, what do I have there? We have the Pharisees. Who are the Pharisees? Talked about scribes, missed the Pharisees. Yeah, they were they were the leadership of the nation of Israel at that time. One of the groups that set themselves up as the leaders. There were other groups involved, but the Pharisees are the most righteous of them all, along with the scribes. Again, knowing the knowing the rules, people like to follow rules. They were the professional rule keepers, and and as we see, we will see. Well, in fact, we did see right there. They noted that the disciples were eating without being properly clean. They were eating contaminated bread. Imagine that, because their hands were contaminating it. And they noted this because they were the law police. So um, then we have all the com Mark's comments there about being um, that they came from Jerusalem. So where were remembering last week? Where where is Jesus at this point? Is anybody here from last week? So they were up north, quite a ways away from Jerusalem. So this is telling us, Mark's telling us, that these law police were, had come all the way up to, up north to the area around the Sea of Galilee. And what was their purpose of doing that? Pardon? Well, Jesus is the one that's teaching, and they came to listen to his teaching, right? They were more there to do what they said. They were observing his practices. So this is, this is the point. This is the setup. They are there watching Jesus. And as we see right, right away there, they... are seeing that they are not following the rules. And 
So let's go ahead and somebody want to read verse 5 for us? Just 5? Yes, 5. Just, just, just 5. The Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? So this is a this isn't a sanitary thing they're concerned about. This is a legal, religious, spiritual problem that they are seeing here. And um, Tyler, could you come up here and help me out? Sure. This technology has failed me. No, I have failed it. So they, they accuse Jesus. They accuse him. Isn't this interesting? Who, who's eating with impure hands? The disciples. And what do they say to Jesus? Why are they complaining to Jesus instead of the disciples? Thank you. you. He was what I was teacher. thinking. He was the rabbi. Right, he was responsible for them. He's their leader, their teacher. This should be a big deal to him, too. It's a big deal to the Pharisees and the scribes. So their question is to Jesus. Why are you letting these characters misbehave? Okay, so did we... See everything in there so far? Any other things you notice in here? So they actually have rules about not just their hands, but the equipment they use. Cups and pots and pans for all of that is is very detailed to them, and we know we've been taught told many times about how many details, how many rules that they they had to to live. And the, what is the point of all of this? As far as they're thinking, what is their point? Why does it matter? Because they want to prove Jesus. Is not a prophet that is okay well right stepping back though what was what was the Pharisees and the scribes purpose for having all of these laws these things you know went back a long long way in fact we should probably look at that but why I think was it just for uh, I mean it's all part of the law of Moses and so it was kind of to Basically, they're, like, they're trying to do all these things to make themselves better, to basically save themselves kind of thing? Absolutely. They're trying to be pure. They're making themselves holy. That's what this is all about. And that's a good point. Let's, I can find my screen here. I cannot see all this stuff. Sorry, I am just not a very proficient teacher here. There's so many details here, but as you, you referenced that um, in, in um, 
Leviticus, there are all kinds of rules about what a person can do to become impure and what they have to do about it. And it includes a lot of washing, it includes sacrifices, it includes all kinds of details about what you do if you know if you, if you touch a a shrimp, for instance, you become unclean because that's an un, an unclean critter. Uh, and so, if that happens, you have to do something about it. And so, that's what these lawyers, these professional writers and law keepers, have specialized on. They have their specialty, and that is all these rituals. They are the law police. But as you said then, going back to the fact that these guys came from Jerusalem, they were there to, to check him out and to see if there's something that they want to do about it. So what do we, what do we already know that they want to do? And what? And what's the result? That's right. Way back in chapter 2, he says they are conspiring with the Romans of all peoples, the Herodians, the people that are politically allied with, with the government of Rome, to kill Jesus. Mark starts us out at the very beginning chapter 2 that that's their purpose so this is what they're doing here so let's go ahead and continue to read uh, 6 and 8 6 through 8 if somebody would pick that up for us because we get Jesus's answer here and he said to them well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites or well did did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandments of God and hold to the traditions of men. Yeah, no, that's that's good enough there. <laughs> So he, he, he does not respond to them according to their question, right? Because he asked them a question. Why do your disciples break our rules? And Jesus didn't answer that question. He never does. He says, he just calls them hypocrites right out of the gate there. And he quotes Isaiah 29:13. They draw near me with their words, honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And by their, their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. That's what we have in Isaiah today. But he teach, uh, he just, they accused him, and now he's accusing them. And verse 8 is the most important thing here. They 
neglect, in Jesus' words here, they neglect the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. So they elevate man's words over, over yeah, Moses' words that uh, God told him. So do we ever find ourselves in that place where we value men's words more than God's words? I guess that's where we get a lot of religions today. Probably can say all. Yeah. It's certainly. Sorry, you mentioned uh, it's going back to the law and the Levitical laws about uh, having to cleanse ourselves after touching something, uh, a, a dead animal, for instance, or blood, something that is uh, ceremonially impure or unclean. Um, but it seems as if this is referencing something that's outside of that case, having to wash in reference to a meal. And the only commandments in the Old Testament for having to wash in that kind of manner in that regard is in uh, Exodus 30 and 40, but it's in reference to the, the priests, not just to everybody eating a meal. And so now the Pharisees have come along, they're starting to add to the law, they're putting these gates in front of the, the gates of the law, and um, it's these man-made traditions that people are starting to look at and um, adhere to, rather than the original that God had laid out for them. Thank you, exactly. And, you know, this isn't something new. Um, remember that God has not given any new revelation prior to John the Baptist showing up um, for 400 years. So the religious system, which is what the Pharisees, you know, were creating and amending and adding to all these years, they've had a long time to develop this. And over time, it just becomes more and more um, protracted. You, we, we see that in our own day and age, right? You were going to say something? Oh, I just had a question. So um, uh, Mark talks about the uh, wash their hands holding to the tradition of the elders. We're, is that we're going to go um, basically that's not talking about the law of Moses that's talking about an additional tradition that's, is that right that's exactly right yes and there and that has that is what has happened they know the law of Moses perfectly well but they also know all of these traditions that have developed over these years because we do we like we like to to bake those things. Just you know, look at our own laws. We have over 500 people in Washington whose full-time job is making more laws. <laughs> it's it's astonishing. That's why it's 200,000 pages thick. <laughs> well, it is. You you look at those books on their on lawyers' shelves and. It's just astonishing. Astonishing. You can have a library of nothing but laws. We, we. It's just what man does because man knows. It, he, he innately knows that we are not good and we need fences 
to keep ourselves going in the right direction. But unfortunately, we don't have, we have long since lost our infinite reference point, and so these laws go in all kinds of directions, incredibly, incredibly. And it's, you know, it's no less true of, of the nation of Israel, because they did have the foundation and the halls to point at, but they deviate because we want laws that we can take, that we can manage. And we want laws that maybe are easy for us and hard for other people, right? Because we want to appear better than they. And you, you know, we need these rules to, to, to be holy. That's just the way it is. And these people have put themselves in Moses' chair and they feel utterly and completely responsible for keeping the nation holy. Yes? Well, and to kind of be fair to the Pharisees, they started out trying to define the law. Say, well, it means this. And they, then they started saying, well, but, you know, here's the line. And trying to, trying to make it clear, but in the long run, they got more interested in... They started adding to it, you know. It says you can't travel. Well, how far can you travel? You can't do this. Or how much can you do? And, and they started just writing all the little things, adding all the little things that weren't there. And they lost the whole spirit of the law. They became wrapped up in the legality of it. And, in the, you know, it, and that's what, at this point, that's all they're about. They, they think salvation is strictly by their works and they've given up the spirit. Okay, going back to review, what's one of the, the words, or what is Mark trying to show us about Jesus in his gospel? There's a word that comes into play here. Just spit them out. You know, you know we just had this, you guys were really good on the review last week. Immediately. Immediately is one. Servant. Authority. There you go. So authority is cool if you've got it. And these Pharisees had authority. And early on, people are amazed at Jesus because he spoke as one with authority. He spoke as one with authority, not like their scribes. The scribes were nice and humble people. They would never quote themselves as being authoritative. They would quote their predecessors. But they had the authority, the Pharisees and them had the authority as authority over people. Not authority from God, but over people. And of course, when you have power, power corrupts. And so they were definitely corrupt in that, and that's what Jesus is displaying here. And so Jesus calls them out here based on what Isaiah said was 700 years before. So things haven't changed. These guys are still acting like their ancestors and are quick to leave God and make up their own rules. 
at least here they weren't following um, foreign gods, they were following local gods themselves. So this has been a constant complaint for the Pharisees because we also saw before they complained about the disciples picking grain on Saturday and eating and also they actually complained about Jesus working on Saturday on the Sabbath day by healing people. So they, they were very concerned about their own, their own power going on here. It kind of reminds me here Jesus is acting like Joshua, whose name he has. Uh, somebody want to grab uh, Joshua? If I can. Joshua. Oh. Why are not my notes not showing up here? Ah, there we go. Technology. <clears throat> Somebody want to read Joshua 1, 7 and 8? Yeah, I got it. And then somebody else grab 24, 14 and 15. All right, 1, 7 and 8 says, Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have success. So they got part of that right, didn't they? They, they had the law, they had the law of Moses, they had it very carefully kept, but they turned to the right and to the left. And they added all these other things in there that gave them power over people, gave them uh, uh, things that they could do so that they could feel good about themselves and be uh, more righteous than their fellow beings, their fellow Israelis. So they had all of that, but their heart, Jesus said, is far away from me. So you can have the law, and be convinced you're following it and be far off. So that gives us the point of what are we, who are we following? So did somebody grab 24, Joshua 24? Yes. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. For the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that's really what they need to do. They need to, um, in their traditions, are they following them or are they following what God said?
amazing is Jesus calls them hypocrites to their face and says that they neglect the commandment of God and hold the traditions of men. I like that Jesus doesn't get wrapped up in their questions. Like he realizes what they're doing, trying to like catch him in something that doesn't matter. And he doesn't sit there and try to explain why they decided not to wash their hands. He was just like, you guys are hypocrites. And it's really easy, like with people, when they're arguing against God and you get wrapped up in all these weird little questions that seem really like intricate and then you don't even know how you got there, and you don't like it's so far from the point that it's impossible to unwrap it. So I love that he just kind of skips over their question. He's just like, listen, the point is, you guys are doing this all wrong. I just think that's cool. That is very good. That is a perfect comment because that is Satan's way of doing things. You know, when Jesus was being tempted, that's what Satan did. He he was quoting scripture to him, but Jesus stays to the point. That is an excellent lesson for us. We don't need to, to focus on people because their intention is to distract us. They don't want to know the basic truth that we are sinners and Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. So let's go on now to... So the question is, that Jesus is, answer, is going to answer here, is our defilement external or internal? And there were, as we saw, there were, there were ceremonial laws, rules for the Jews under certain things. But again, that's, thank you for pointing that out. Tyler, that so much of that was referenced to the priests who were, again, the intermediaries between the nation of Israel and God himself. So God is concerned about his holiness and being clean and, and following his prescriptions for the nation of Israel was important, especially important for the, for the priests. And that is something we can also keep in mind, that there is value in being clean. We learned a little bit about, about that in our recent fixation on a certain disease, certain virus. Uh, we can so easily, easily, easily get distracted and think that we have power over things. If we just do the right thing, we can, we can be safe, we can take care, we can provide our own salvation if we're careful enough. Jared. Yes? Did someone read 9 to 13? No, that's where we need to go right now because, <laughs> see, first, first he calls them hypocrites because of what they are focusing on, but now he's giving another accusation. So let's go to 9 through 13. Sorry, I am messed up here. Does someone, does someone would like to read 9 through 13? 
he was also saying to them, you are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, whatever I have that would help you is Corban, that is to say, given to God, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down. And you do many such things such as that. So here he's telling them that they actually have made principles, rules, to get around what God said. So it's not just that they're adding rules, but they're actually manipulating, manipulating uh, rules in order to um, put themselves in a more powerful place. In, in this case, this whole point was to devote to God something that you could use for other people so that you could keep it for yourself. Because obviously God wasn't reaching down and grabbing this stuff. Their, their money, their, their properties were for their use, for their prestige. And so they actually invoked this rule to keep them from honoring their parents. They make it so, it made it so that they weren't allowed to help their parents. How about that? And so you remember in um, Jesus uh, answered the, that one rich guy that came to him and asked him what, he, what can he do to inherit eternal life? And what did Jesus say? Pardon? So yeah. Well, first he said, keep the law, you know, all these things. And what did the guy say? Yeah. I've always yeah, done that. Yeah, yeah, I've always done that. <laughs> and then Jesus said, well, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And that was a problem because they had this system built up to, to maintain their riches, to maintain their... Um, Profile in the community of being rich. They love, they love that. But here, and so this is just one of the, one of the rules. They invalidated the word of God by your traditions. And he furthermore said that you do a lot of those things. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. And Jerry, just a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, the fact that Mark is pointing out this Corbin law to his audience just highlights the fact that he's not writing to a Jewish audience. Remember, he's writing to the Romans who wouldn't have known this. They wouldn't be familiar with this right. whole act of Corbin. And uh, I have in my part in my Bible next to Corbin written this uh, reference back to Numbers 30, verse 2, which says, If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. And so the scribes and the Pharisees, being wicked and of this worldly tradition, 
they took this and they said, well, this applies to three different categories. It applies to uh, any food that you might eat. If you say that you're going to fast on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you need to follow through with that. You need to keep your oath to the Lord. Or if you have a, a piece of property that you're going to will to, um, to the synagogue, you need to follow through with that. Or if you take aside a certain amount of money and you say, I'm going to devote this money to the temple, then that will allow you to, to skirt your other responsibilities, taking care of mom and dad, or doing these other things that God has commanded you to do. And that's when Jesus is coming along, he's condemning and saying, no, these are man-made traditions. You guys are doing these things, and in doing so, you're actually disobeying God. You're disobeying Numbers 30, verse 2. You're not keeping that. It's amazing how deceitful we are, isn't it? So let's go on then and read the rest of this section where Jesus explains this because again, <laughs> these are hard concepts for us to get apparently and they keep asking. So would someone care to read verses 14? After he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. Go, go on, let's, let's go on and finish. Read, yeah, let's, yeah, I was trying to see where to stop, but go ahead, read all to 23. There is nothing outside the man which cannot defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and is eliminated. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he was saying, That which proceeds out of the man, that is which defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things were seen from within and defiled man. Quite a, quite a lesson there, isn't it? Nothing outside the man which can defile him. And again, it's just great that Mark gives us these little comments to help us understand if we're not familiar with Judaism, how he declares all foods clean. Right. We sure appreciate that. So again, the point is what? Just put these in your own words. Do you have any? It's not food that, it's not food or anything like that that, that can cause you to be unclean, but that the real evil sits in the heart of every single person. And that the evil that, that does happen and the things that actually defile us are the things that are already inside of us just come out of our mouths.
So what is what are we talking about again? Being clean. What are we talking about? Clean before God. Okay, and what do we don't we don't ever say, "Are you clean today?" <laughs> what are we talking about? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I think talking. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's really a hard issue. Um, I mean, you could have someone who looks like he really needs a bath, but, you know, he might be, I mean, he might be someone that is not like a religious Pharisee that tries to be open on the outside, but inward he's a hypocrite and other bad things. Well, right. So, but what are we talking about? Not being a hypocrite. What are we talking about? What's this? This is very righteousness. Righteousness. Yes. Being holy. Being right before God. Being, being. Yeah. Having our sins not attached to us anymore. That's what we're talking about. And so, whenever we get into the practice of of making rules to do that. We've, we've started down a wrong path. Yes, sir? Well, Jesus was very um, gentle and soft isn't the right word. He Lowly. Gentle. He was gentle towards the destitute, the lepers, the ones that were cast out, the ones who didn't appear to have everything together. He was very, very hard towards the religious leaders because they appeared to men to be clean on the outside and yet on the inside were whitewashed tombs. They were full of dead men's bones. Man cannot see the heart of other men. God does. And the cleanliness we're talking about, the righteousness we're talking about, is for it. It comes from God. And that cleanliness is only before God. That's why Christ is so, he's the linchpin of Christianity. You lose Christ, there is no salvation. So do we have any problems with this at all in our own lives? Do, I mean, even with ourselves, do we make rules for ourselves to to try to make ourselves more holy? I know some of us have grown up in environments where the rules are the only thing that matters. As long as you obey the rules, that's that's all that was necessary, that's all that counted, that's, um, you, you can even get certificates. Um, certainly, it's, it's just sad because when, we just have to remember, you know, it's a really, really good thing. Today is Resurrection Day and we haven't referred to that yet, but so that is that is the most important thing in our um, event in our history that our that we 
totally put our faith in. But there are a couple of other things that we have at the same time, and God's Word is the other one. We wouldn't even know about Jesus if it wasn't for God's Word. Um, and that is utterly absolute also. And that's what he is talking about here. His, his Word is what gives us the real direction. That's the real law. That's the real explanation of what we need. Um, in the very, you know, the third chapter of, of the Bible, we are told that Adam sinned and the entire world was subjected to decay. And we are part of that world and we are decaying. And again, it's the, the critical thing is, is our insights are what we're doing in our heart. Our relationship with God is an internal condition because we do all expect to die unless Jesus intervenes dramatically. And that again is the result of our sin. So it's foolish for us beyond all things to try to fix that on our own in any way. We, we do, we like to be clean. There are some here that are more offended by germs than others, and I have to confess I'm not as offended as others. <laughs> People often comment when they see me looking like this, oh, you clean up well, because that's not normally how I am, and certainly not the way I grew up. But I even am an, uh, astonished at thinking back on some of the conditions that I lived in when I was young, but um, it's the inside that we can't see that is the hard part to see. So what, are, what did Jesus actually explain is our, is our difficulty? And we already said it, it's, it's about things not going into our heart, but coming out of our heart. And where do those things that come out of our heart and out of our mouths and out of our, and manage our eyes and uh, what our hands do, where does that all begin? Well, yeah, but what we mean by the heart? Jesus, what's the word Jesus used here? It originates from in us. It's not what somebody else puts on us, it's what originates inside us. I can kind of point my dad though, right? <laughs> yes, that's totally legal these days. In fact, that's, that's the way to do it. Blame it on somebody else. What is inherited sin? But it's still something we're responsible for. We don't have to be taught or trained how to sin. It, it does come up from within. The sin is passed on all the way from, as you mentioned, Genesis 3, where, where Adam fell and he was in sin. So, yeah, once I took away my dad, but ultimately I'm still responsible at the end of the day. Yep, but there isn't anyone that can say that they do not 
sin have not sinned. It's we are. I mean, we say that we're we're not sinners because we sin. We we sin because we're sinners. Um, so it, so in verse twenty one, Jesus gives a list of, of bad things. What's the head of that list? That's what I was trying to get at here. What's what's the first thing that happens? Thoughts. We, I get there are people that do things without thinking, but in reality, you've thought you've thought about it. All of that is in there. That's where our our heart is visible, at least to us, by our thoughts. And then, if we um, incubate that long enough, some people it's shorter times than others, but. That's what proceeds out of us in actions, in, in what we do. Um, so the first thing on Jesus' list here is the evil thoughts. So from, from that come the fornications and thefts and murderers and adulteries, coveting and wickedness deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and even foolishness. Who thought foolishness was a sin? It's so natural to us. So that's where, and we just need to remember for everyone that we're talking to and living with, that these, it's the inside that's important. It's the internal that is critical in our relationship to both God and with other fellow men. Any thoughts on this? Anything other comments anybody wants to give? Jeremiah 17. <clears throat> the heart is deceitful. James 1, 14, 15 says each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. But when his lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when his sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So, as you mentioned, it starts with from within um, and grows and develops from this sin nature into our, our thoughts and this lust. And then it grows and gives birth to sin, which ultimately, ultimately brings forth death. got through the process of us getting saved, being sanctified in that moment, and then having the gradual process of sanctification take place in our lives where we're slowly made more into the likeness of Christ and then looking forward to the day when we're perfectly sanctified and that sin that comes from within us, all that evil that's inside of our hearts just gone in that moment when we finally do look at him, like John said, Yes, after reading all of this, if you stop the verse 23 like we did there, you know, that's, it really is a lot of bad news. Um, because everyone knows, unless you've gotten, become really, anyway, everyone knows that. You may get really good at uh, denying it, uh, rationalizing it or whatever. Everyone knows that 
they have sinful thoughts. And we all know that we do what we think about. Uh, sometimes we do things that we don't want to do, like go to school or work or whatever, when you know, we don't want to, but we still do it because we have other thoughts that overrule those. We do what we think. What goes on between our ears is the most important thing about us. And so to just end it here with all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man, we certainly stand defiled and condemned here, don't we? So yes, so the rest of, so obviously Mark didn't stop his letter there and there's a, a solution to that. And that's why we're all here because we know what that solution was. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And today we have Resurrection Day, which just was the biggest exclamation mark you can put on any subject. And that is, to this day, the, uh, the evidence of the truthfulness of Jesus and the truthfulness of the Bible. When um, Paul was talking to the Athenians, he said that that was the evidence that all men know. He has given evidence of God's judgment and he has given proof to all men by raising Jesus from the dead. And so no matter what culture you are in, people know about the resurrection. That's not uh, something that no one has ever heard of. Everyone has heard of that according to God. So thankfully we need to, yeah, we just got to spend the rest of our morning singing and waiting. Not like we are right now. We're sitting there so quiet and peaceful and me. Sorry about my teaching method isn't the most dramatic, but um, I hope we do learn from this. I love how Mark explains things to us and gives us real good reasons to not worry about not following all of the laws that were given to the nation of Israel so that they would be a different people. Today we are different people because the Spirit of God actually lives in us and makes us different people. And in spite of the fact that I still think thoughts that have no business in God's person, but they are thrown away. He doesn't remember them. He forgives them and we confess our sins. I love that song, thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. That's where our sins are, because our sins may be great, but his mercy is more. <laughs>